I'm Josh Cooperman, and this is Convo by Design. This summer, I spent some time back in L.A. visiting with some very talented designers, some new friends, some old friends, had a great time, and I wanted to share some of those conversations with you as we enter fall and say goodbye to summer 2023. But first, you should know that if you are in L.A. and listening to this episode this week, it was released November 14th. The West Edge Design Fair is happening right now. It's happening this week, and you should come down to Barker Hangar in Santa Monica and take in some of the incredible conversations taking place on the Convo by Design stage. These are highly curated conversations that we crafted specifically for you in the trade, as well as those who just simply love design. So check out at Convo by Design with an X on Instagram and message me for more details. And if I have tickets, uh, if I have any left, they're yours. Just ask. We'll be right back with this week's episode right after this. I am incredibly proud of Convo by Design in year 10, and I'm equally proud of my partnership with Thermosol. They've been presenting partners of Convo by Design for three years now, and there is a certain amount of pride that comes with saying that the show is presented by the company that is the best in the world at what they do. Thermosol engineers the most exceptional smart shower products and steam shower systems worldwide for a few reasons. They were the first company to design patent the technology here in the U.S. dating back to 1958. Thermosol, a U.S. brand, a U.S. manufacturer in Round Rock, Texas, employs an engineering team that designs, tests, and continuously refines the product. Their quality control team tests every single steam generator before it departs the factory. Who else does that? Nobody. I have had the pleasure of working with some world-class designers and architects who tell me And you probably know this, that the idea of luxury has changed and continues to change, especially when clients want a spa-like bathroom. Steam is mandatory. Or it's just not considered a, a, a luxury space. And if you want to add steam, you have one true option. It's Thermosol. And now, Thermosol, the industry leader in steam, bath equipment, and technology since 1958, is enhancing their already stellar family of products with new indoor and outdoor luxury saunas. Available in three design configurations, each sauna is handcrafted from clear western red cedar or Nordic spruce, inspired by the brilliance of northern European sauna technology and design. A luxury bathroom isn't luxury without steam. If you want luxury, you have one option. It's Thermosol. Check them out at thermosol.com and at thermosol on the socials. So I came into LA and got together with my friends at Design Hardware to record with some amazing creatives who are who you're going to hear from today. You're going to hear from Stephanie Hatton, you're going to hear from Kim Colwell, Lorena Pulakino, and Jeannie Chung, who Jeannie you've heard on the show before. I think Stephanie you have as well when we covered the um, Pasadena Showcase House for the Arts back in 2017 or 2018. All four of these creatives are absolutely incredible, and they're going to share with you the latest leanings and learnings that, that have influenced, impacted, and inform their design decisions moving forward. This is, a, this is a masterclass in kitchen and bath design, home design, strategy of being able to work in really challenging environments and from, straight from four incredible designers who I, I absolutely love their work. So I think you're going to enjoy this. Um, first up, Stephanie Hatton. Hi, my name is Stephanie Hatton, and my firm is SH Interiors, and we're located in Studio City, but work all over 
LA, from Manhattan Beach to Malibu to Pasadena. We're all over. You and I met first years ago at the Pasadena Showcase House for the Arts. And I remember your powder bath. Mm -hmm. It is, to this day, one of my favorite projects. Aww, it was you. this, you know what it was? And I remember walking through it and having the conversation. It was this little jewel box. Mm -hmm. That's what it was. It was a little jewel box in a remarkable home. But you had, what you had done with a, such a small space, yeah. just extraordinary. Thank you. Ha, have, where do you think where do you think that comes from? The design or the, the your your ability your ideas? your ability to take small space because I don't you don't just work in small spaces but I've always had this theory like if someone can do remarkable work in a small space mm -hmm. I have no doubt that they can do extraordinary work in a large space. Uh huh. Small spaces are hard, aren't they? Uh, yeah, I mean they can be. So you know, a small a small space can be a challenge for space. But also, you know, a lot of people are afraid to do color or, you know, something moody. For me, I think that's where you get the wow. Give me the origin story. The or yeah, where I, I don't rem I don't remember if we talked <laughs> not the bathroom, but your you've been doing this a while at such a high level. What did mm -hmm. you do before this? So I right out of high school, I didn't go into school. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I fell into working for a furniture store. Then I ended up selling carpet and draperies. And so I sort of fell into it and learned everything inside and out. And then along the way, I was working for a firm in Orange County. I had moved out from Louisiana and basically started going to school at night. And they did residential design, mostly carpet, draperies, decor. And then they had a commercial division where they did a lot of hospitals, um, doctor's offices and medical facilities. So anyway, I started working on that end of it. And I did that for about three years while I was going to school. And it was really more about logistics and planning not so much about design, but I wouldn't give it up because it was such great background and training for running large projects, dealing with contractors, a lot of useful information, but really nothing you can get passionate about, you know. So then uh, from there, I worked with them for a very long time. So I honed my skills, you know, kept, you know, going to school. And then I started working for a residential firm I moved into LA started working for a residential firm in, in Beverly Hills and that's where I realized my passion my passion is you know high-end design doing something different on every project not just picking out a wallpaper border boom you're done now you just have to get the you know the installation done for an entire floor you know like I said I wouldn't give it up but it wasn't my passion so I really enjoy getting to know clients, kind of designing something for them that's functional and beautiful, incorporating their things, their antiques, their found objects, their, you know, cherished memories from, you know, grandparents or whoever left them artwork or whatever those pieces are. That's really where you get to have some fun. How many projects a year do you think you work on now? 
gosh, let's see. It can range. I mean, honestly, I could do 20 projects if it's a lot of bathrooms and a single kitchen. If it's large home, I don't think I could do more than three mixed in with small projects throughout the year. It's, it's just so much. I mean, it really is a lot of detail. And the work has gotten exponentially more challenging because it's taken longer to get everything done. How has that changed the manner in which you work? Uh, used to, you've probably heard this from other designers, a lot of designers had it in their, their proposals that they wouldn't take a project unless they could do a full installation. Those days are gone. Ever since COVID, people don't have the inventory. They don't want to get stuck with the inventory should things ebb and flow. Um, things have also changed. Like there's a lot of things available online and, you know, clients can go out and get whatever they want. You know what I mean? So those days are over. We are having to adapt. It's a little bit challenging because when a room is partially done, a client doesn't always see that full potential and it can be very stressful. I'm going through it right now with, with several different things. You know, we put in a countertop, the bar is not completely done, the homeowner doesn't know if they like the stone. So here we go. So it's daily discussions about do we pull this out and put in something else. So it makes it challenging because, you know, most clients, once they see the room done, they go, oh, and they can relax. But along the way, it comes in and they go, you know, that's not what I was expecting. I don't think that's going to work out. So, uh, you know, you have to sort of work with that and it makes it challenging and it makes it double the work a lot of times. Whereas used to, you know, when you have that vision, you put it together, you install it. And for the most part, I don't think I've ever had anybody say, oh my God, rip it all out. You know, thank God. But, you know it's much more challenging when those pieces sort of stroll in and the client who doesn't have that vision that's the reason they hire a designer is struggling with it and you get the nighttime phone call like you know this chair is just really too big it is not going to work what are we going to do and it might be a month of that before the rest of it comes in you wrap up and then they go okay you were right you know, and you hope you're right, but not always. So anyway, yeah, new challenges in, in that respect. How has your um, travel changed? Are you going, are you, do you have to be more selective now with the, with the shows that you choose to attend? In terms of... Trade shows? Trade shows. Ah, I, that honestly for me is based on like my schedule. So, you know, a lot of the clients that hire designers, they, they want that hands-on and they want you available. So for that, I sort of have to plan around it. So I don't get to go to as many as I would like to. Yeah. What are your must? What are your must attends? Um, I mean, I just did Paris for the first time, and I'm like, okay. Hello. Maison. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, just um, well, you know, Paris Deco off. So oh, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. How can you pass that up? Yeah. You know, the showrooms are so luxurious. Yeah. I mean, no offense, LA, but. It's not the same. The, it's different. The windows displays are much more elegant and luxurious. It's just a different experience. And it's sort of a little bit of, you know, playtime while checking out new products and new materials. So it's, it's fun. You get to see your friends. 
you know. But um, honestly, I would love to go to more. But like I said, for me, it's a schedule thing, and, and I find that I don't get to do as many. Has your, has your philosophy changed on show houses? So the design house, mm-hmm. Pasadena, where we met, yeah. do you still do those? Do you do fewer? Um, you know, I did, let's see, I did three. So I did uh, 19, 20, and then 22. Uh, I think for me, the house has to inspire me or a space has to inspire me. Last year, I was sort of liking the, the dining room, but apparently the homeowner had a different vision, so that one didn't work out. But it does have, the room has to speak to you, yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, so that's sort of where I go from. I like to do it. You meet people. I've met some great clients. Um, in fact, the one that didn't open in COVID 2020, they kept kicking it down the road and it never opened, but industry, you know, tours and select people got to see it Yeah, in small groups. And um, I, I've gotten some great clients. So it's a great way to showcase yourself, meet people. You know, I think meeting someone and talking to them is, is a huge part of it. You know, yeah. when someone hires a designer, it's not unlike a friendship or a marriage. I mean, you're, you're in that really deeply for a long time. So you are so right. And not only that, mm-hmm. but you're telling them your most intimate secrets. They're telling yeah. you their most, because if, if the design is going to be done correctly, you need to know how they live. Exactly. And how you're going to use the space. And you spend so much time with someone that you, you do become friends and you do learn a lot of things about each other, you know? So that's why I think the showcase houses are great because you do get to meet them and there's a rapport that you start and there's a lot of designers out there. So what, what sets you apart? You know, there's a hundred websites you can pull up in LA, amazing designers. So you gotta find that person that sort of works with you well. You know, there's yeah. no shortage, not in L.A. There, there is no <laughs> shortage. Know? There is no shortage. So. Um, and it's interesting, but because the, the business is changing so dramatically, yeah. um, so is the nature of the business. Of course. Yeah. Like I said, you know, years ago it was so different. Nowadays we have a lot of new challenges, and one of them is the Internet and, and online shopping. And you could just Google search something and pull up a rug at 20 different places. And they can buy it at the cheapest place, you know. So there's got to be a value to your service and to what you bring to them. And they're more likely to do their business with you because there are so many options. And And it sounds, too, that the relationship between you and your showroom partners, manufacturing partners, is more important than it ever was before. Yes, of course. Yeah. So that needs to be solid so that... You know, you can assure that that client's getting what they want at the best price and competitive because it is very easy to shop something these days. Isn't it though? Yeah, it's it's almost too easy. Yeah. 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 Stephanie, thank you. This was yeah, so great. Sure. Love thank catching you. up with you. Yeah, you too. Good to see you. For those uh, interested and you want to see Stephanie's work, make sure to check the show notes and there's a link to uh, to her website. That was Stephanie Hatton. This is Kim Caldwell. Hi, my name is Kim Caldwell. My company name is Kim Caldwell Design, and I'm based in Los Angeles. I started dancing when I was, it was late in the game. Most start at six, seven. I started really closer to maybe 12. 
somewhere in there. My aunt had danced with ABT. She moved to New York City when she was, I think, 14. So that gives you an understanding of just how late in the game I was. But I took to it so incredibly. And within about a year, I was asked to join a small regional ballet company. And I danced five hours a day for six days a week. Even through sports seasons, I would do field hockey, lacrosse. I would do my practice and then I would go. I had a pony at the time and I was jumping and and riding every day. I had to stop riding. That was part of the contract. And I was never able to ski. I was not allowed because I could break a bone. And it was a small company. It was certainly not ABT, but it was the love of my life. And I danced um, with that company from 13 to 18. Dance gives you a rhythm, first of all, but it also gives you a discipline and a focus. And it's, it's, it's interesting because part of my upbringing, my mother owns the Shambhala Institute, so part of my upbringing was being exposed to a million different spiritual modalities. You know, I'm a second generation feng shui master. She was also a, a therapist working in a state hospital. So I grew up with all these psychological, therapeutic, and spiritual modalities. And that sounds like, well, what does that have to do with dance? But in a lot of ways, there's a repetitive motion in dance. So even as a, I'll call it a semi-professional because small regional company is not exactly the same as New York City Ballet. Having said that, it, even in a, in a semi-professional ballet company, you can take a beginner class and get as much out of an advanced class because your movements are always precise. So there is, on one hand, this aspect of almost going into a meditation when you're at the bar, you're constantly focused on these precise movements. Where's my arm? Where's my hand? Where's my leg? And you almost go into that kind of meditative quality. And for me, with interior design, all the while I, in growing up, I had both of those in my background, spiritual upbringing and just always learning from my mother as a, almost like a mentorship, and then the ballet, but then I also had fine art. And so that combination, art also, you go into this almost meditative quality to sink in to be creative, and that's what I find with interior design. But there's another aspect. Um, my come to with interior design is a little different than other designers because of my background i've channeled it all into my practice as a designer and within that you know i first learned the underpinnings of environmental psychology from my mother who was using it on her patients who had developmental process or developmental issues and then I had the background in feng shui and all these things, so I always kind of blended them all together. But one of the things that I look at as a designer now 
is the emotional quality of the space. So I, I think there's, although I am so into bespoke design, really creating a signature look for each client, there is a different, almost emotional quality for each job, each project, be it the commercial branding underpinnings, if I'm doing a commercial project, or in a residential, what is the essence of that person? Are they joyful? Are, are they really calm? Are they stimulated? Are they like a maestro? I, I'm thinking of one client who's a world famous composer who literally has that. He's just right out of the casting of that in such a wonderful way. Like everybody has a different heartbeat, so to speak. And if I can intuitively kind of pick that up and put that into the design concept, you know, in dance, if you are performing, you're not just moving your, you could move your arm. But then if I put emotion into that arm movement, I may be here. And that's kind of the analogy of the space. You can put some furniture in the room and get the color story right and have this wonderful floor plan. But if you pour an emotional quality into the space, you can personalize it in a way that it, it doesn't just become a signature look, but a signature environment. Certainly there's a discipline. I think with every single designer, we all work tirelessly. I, I mean, you know, I was out with a friend and, and um, she had hired me, she runs a tech firm, and she had hired me for one of their offices. And she said, well, I mean, I bet half of your billable hours are in the shower when you're working things out. And I said, no, I would never bill for while I'm standing in the shower. But you're right. <laughs> you're thinking about every project before you go to sleep, as you're waking up, and you're not billing <laughs> exactly for those hours, but you are living and breathing it. And I, and you're right. It is that, that type of discipline with um, ballet, certainly. And I, I think we all have that as a designer. It's like you have to just have that passion and it, it drives you to, to work and work. With the dance, it's an interesting question. How does, how does the dance background? I think there is a rhythm. Maybe I do look at spaces. You were talking about the two-dimensional aspects of the space that you see in a magazine. And you're right, you, you, can't, you can't get the full feel until you can see the three-dimensional environment and be able to look not just straight ahead, but sense what's on your left and right and even behind you. And, and that's a different experience. Um, you don't have your senses in the same way that you're connected to when you're looking at a picture. But in... I, if I really had to think about it, maybe I do put a rhythm in, and maybe that is part of the bespoke process in a way that I hadn't articulated to myself. So first of all, thank you for getting me to think in that way, because I think there may be, like, everybody has a different rhythm. You, you, you were saying that you get to learn so much about someone instantly, you know, and, and you're right. You, we all do that. We, you have your own techniques, <laughs> but, um, but it is really 
fascinating what does go into the design process in ways that we don't even articulate to ourselves as the artist. Yeah, when you start to add layer upon layer of perspective, when you look from this angle, the psychological angle, for, for, my, for me, I really have so much passion when I look at psychological underpinnings. Well, what does this client need? Did they just go through something um, personally that has been a big life shift? Maybe that's been stressful. Maybe that's been even painful. Um, have they just gotten, have they just had a new baby? Are they in a new relationship? Are there relationship dynamics that they want me to be aware of? I certainly don't need to be if they don't. Um, but sometimes clients do come to me for that, to just set up the design, not just to look good and feel good, but also can you support my relationship in that design? And, and you're right, there's a, with music and dance, fine art, all of it, there, there is a rhythm. And I think that's where you, capturing that flow is so, you know, especially with a background in feng shui, just understanding how does it feel? How can we get the feel to be more balanced, more vital? How can we really draw you in with the floor plan and not just put the furniture over there because that's the wall or, you know, um, that would be the obvious and you can do the obvious. Sometimes that is the right choice. But if you do, then how can you get the eye to move in a neat composition with the decorative plan? And how do you create the dynamics? So I like to think of my hands on two ends of a string and I'm pulling on the room, you know, to kind of build the, the dynamics in it. And so maybe that is my dance background. Thank you so much, Kim. <laughs> you are listening to Convo by Design. We will be right back with Lorena Pulakino right after this. We are living at a time of incredible growth, both technologically and creatively, with respect to interior design, exterior design, and architecture. There is no question. There are companies thinking differently about the business of design and how to make products super serve those for whom they're being made. One of those companies, and one of my favorites, is Moya Living, designer and fabricators of some of the most stunningly beautiful incredibly durable and highly functional kitchen, bath, and outdoor kitchen cabinetry on the market today. Powder-coated steel with stunning lines, vibrant colors to fit any design style or aesthetic. A history of designing cabinetry for the scientific community. So you know it's been tested in some of the truly the most harsh conditions available. Moya O'Neill is the CEO and founder of Moya Living. She's the inspiration behind the design. Designers, their specification process is so simple. It will make your job so much easier. Check them out online through the socials at Moya Living, their website, moyaliving.com, and in the real world, their live kitchen showroom in Fountain Valley, California. Hi, my name is Lorena Pulikino from Lorena Pulikino Design, and I'm based in Manhattan Beach, California. I grew up with a family of, you know, Italian father, uh, Argentinian mother, it's, you know, a lot of passion <laughs> and we were always together. We had long two-hour dinners every single night, everybody together, no excuses. I have two awesome sisters, I'm the middle, the middle one, and it was in, just ingrained in us that family number one, number two, and number three, and then work, big work ethics. So everything we did was just really fitting that one thing. 
what's best for the family, for yourself, for the family, for yourself, for the family. So um, it's just having to, oh, and also I grew up with different languages. So when I ended up working here, I didn't really realize how useful it was going to be. Um, to speak Spanish, it's like every job site. It's just everybody that it's working on the job site speaks Spanish. So it has been that was a super bonus. Uh, also having you know being exposed to other cultures and seeing what people with less resources or more resources or uh, just ways they live, things they believe on, things that are important to them, you know how they live and how they relate to their families and you know do they have giant family gatherings because they're you know from India or it's just a lot of different um, things you learn in life that really just you don't learn in school that's my parents had no money to splurge but we went on amazing trips every year it's the only money they spend we would fly to a country for 30 days and travel just in a van, we would just travel in a van. No reservations, no hotels, no restaurants, nothing nothing fancy. It would just be, we would land in, in Spain and then just travel around. And like that, we did uh, the entire West Coast. You know, we were living here, so it was with the entire West Coast, upstate New York and Canada, and we just did. So that was, to me, the best schooling, really. Just being just exposed to other people in other countries. Uh, that's... I just, even I've lived in Argentina and Puerto Rico, and here uh, I didn't live uh, in any other place than those three countries, but it's just those travels just open your eyes to everything. I think that's COVID did that. You, we spend so much time at home, and people spend time looking at, really looking at their spaces and using them, that before everybody's just busy in and out, you know, appointments and things, which we're kind of getting closer to that now that everybody's back again super busy, but they got a sense of and a taste of what what it is to really enjoy your space and, and the things that, you know, the things that make your life better. And then they learn a few things then that now they want. Uh, so also, you know, good materials you'll have for life. And we, we end up going to really old materials to feel uh, refreshed and renewed, even though they've been around forever. Just they're like good materials, that natural stones and things that have been around that just make you feel better. Um, but also having, you know, as designers, I think we do, we try to we get a feeling for a space or from the client, and we try to manifest that feeling into into items, into uh, surfaces, just having it. So they, they can probably tell you what they want to feel, not necessarily what, select anything, but it is our job to say, I got it. This is what you need. This is, what, this is what's going to achieve that. And I'm just very practical. So I, I don't like the idea of having clients worry about their things. I just want them to really live in them and enjoy them. So I'm just relentless on the, okay, how many kids, how many, how many pets, how many kids, you know, what's, got, what's going, because if you have to be worried, then you're not enjoying it. Um, 
you know, if you want to go crazy in a powder room, go for it. You're in and out. But other than that, it's you, you just want to really enjoy your space. You're spending the money, and and I think it also makes your life better if you don't have to worry about it. So just having, again, to me, it goes always back to feeding your family values. Family values is enjoying yourself and enjoying your, each other, then don't worry about anything else. We, the domestic ones, we're in, we're, I'm in those job sites all the time. So they're right there, we're in and out. Anything that comes up, we're just run over. It's, uh, the international ones, there's usually a team. It's either it is, you know, an architect and a contractor. And then we do the designing and then I go visit. Um, we go less often, obviously, but it's so far, so far so good. Um, I don't produce in other countries that are further away than the ones that I'm doing now and have, have run smoothly, but you do depend on teams on site to, you know, contact you if there's anything or any questions or, or you know, any, any shipping issues, uh, which are no fun, but you know, those come up, but they, it, you just really depend on teamwork and just everybody getting along together. But then again, it goes back to being able to communicate with these people in their language. Also super handy. So um, we, we do pretty good work with the contractors. Very good relationship because I drew uh, so many plans for so long that I understand the architecture of the house and where the steel beams are. I'm not gonna be suggesting a, a niche in a wall that there's a steel beam running through it that I, you know, I, I can't understand all that. It just makes, makes everything run smoother for the contractor and for everybody else. It's like I'm not wasting time suggesting things that can't happen. So that's really helpful and you know having to good communication with the contractor makes those jobs out of the country way easier. And then the time zones between uh, and then things are in meters not in feet. So it's a lot of in between. Um, I love it. I absolutely love it. And they're usually clients that it's a vacation home that I've done two other ones for them and this is the third or so we already have a relationship they just let me let me lose the majority are ground up there are some that way smaller that is an old client that we did everything and now the daughter left and it's a new room you know and then we're just obviously I'm not gonna say no to those people because I love I've, I've been super lucky with clients really they have the best clients so for them, I say yes, and then we do, you know, the room, and then we're done. But um, they have a long, long from designing. I like to be involved at the very beginning when the architect is drawing it, because that to me is I love to really work on the layout on the and the flow, and just make sure that things that I already know that they want are gonna fit. Um, so I go back and forth with the architect when when I'm cold early enough. If it's, oh my God, we didn't know, we didn't need a designer, and we're building. It's, sometimes I take those, sometimes I don't take those, because it seems too late. But, um, but you can stagger them. You're like, this week is this, this week is this, this week is this, and this week is this. It's, I just, I love it. I only take good people as clients. That's it, that's my one rule. I do not select plants because I kill them all. 
but um, we do all the, I work with the landscape architect for that, and then other than that, it's uh, inside and outside, yes. I do always have clean lines, kind of, uh, again, I'm super practical, so if I think that it's gonna come back in, you know, in a year or even six months, and they're gonna be like, oh, this is just trashed. Well, I don't want that. Um, so, uh, a lot of common sense and clean lines. And I do like color. I don't go crazy, but I do like colors and textures and have, and I love bringing in local artists. So I do, towards the end of the project, I call a bunch of local artists, love pimping those people out. <laughs> so I bring them in, they bring pieces, and you know, there's, there, there's been very few clients where they invest serious amount of money on art. Most people rather, you know, buy other things than an expensive painting. So I just pick and choose, in, but I do like them to have uh, original art whenever it's possible. So then I come in, bring in those people that bring, that brings always usually a ton of character and color towards the end. So um, I would say clean lines, art, or you know art, it's, I'm a big fan. I don't put 5,000 pillows everywhere. That's not my thing. But um, just textures, colors, and clean. I keep it clean. Even the heavier Mediterranean homes, still. And I design a lot of furniture. So we, all the, we end up making a lot of furniture, which is super fun. I can draw all day long. Thank you, Lorena. This is Jeannie Chung. Hi, my name is Jeannie Chung, and I am with Cozy Style Chic, located in Pasadena, California. And, okay, so you and I have known each other for a long time. And I want to say that you and I first met at, I, w I think we met at the Pasadena Showcase House for the Arts in... Maybe 2018? Mm -mm, before. No, before that? Yep. 2017? That was the first time I did a showcase house. Then that's what it was. Yeah. Um, and it's funny because you've done a couple of them. And so I get, I always get confused between which one was which. But one of the things that I know about you mm -hmm. and that I love about your work, you, you are probably one of the most detail-oriented, highly focused, intelligent designers that I have had the pleasure to work with. And, and that's something that I just absolutely love about you. And I'm just curious, have, have you always taken that same approach to the work and the brand? First of all, that is the nicest thing anybody has ever said about me and my work. <laughs> and yes, I am a stickler for details. Uh, me and my team, uh, all three of us, the three, three of us designers, and we're all sticklers for details. And I think a lot of that comes from my background in fashion, where I dealt with a lot of materials, details, beading, uh, buttons, and all those little things. So that kind of transformed Translated to interior design when I switched fields about 10 years ago. So in terms of uh, brands and, and everything that I work with in building that brand, 
it's also been the same um, because I think that that's the differentiating uh, thing about me and other designers out there is that uh, nothing's ever cookie cutter. I never do the same thing twice. Uh, and, you know, I want our projects to really uh, have a personality so that when somebody walks into that space, they feel, wow, this is different. You're really channeling that personality of the family or the people who are living in this home. Will you... Will you indulge me and sort of let's explore that idea a little bit I'm, I'm working on a on a on a piece right now entitled what is design what is design what is design it's not a matter it's not ff &E. it's not paint it's not lighting it's not flooring it's not it's not any one thing it's not what you see in a magazine it's not just putting nice things in pretty places. It's not putting accessories in three fives or sevens. <laughs> it's not. It's experiential. Yes, it's, absolutely. It's, it's, <laughs> it's personal. And, you know, you, it's so funny because, like, you'll see, pet peeve, you'll see a celebrity design in a magazine. Mm -hmm. It's like, wow, isn't that amazing? Yeah, but it may be amazing, but I wouldn't want to live that way. What is design? Um, I agree with you 100%. It is experiential. It's about how does it make you feel. It's not just about how it looks, but I think it involves all the senses. And the main sense is how does it make you feel. If it makes you feel good, if it makes you feel warm and cozy and, and confident, then that's what it's all about. So, of course, we, we try to infuse uh, the visuals and, and uh, form, function. That all comes into play, um, always, but it is much more than that. How have, okay, this is interesting, too, because you, you mentioned that you, d you pivoted about 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. Convo by Design turned 10 this year, so you and I are kind of like on the same time frame, the same track. N now that you've been doing this for a decade, mm -hmm. it's funny because personal experience, I, I kind of understand, I get a little bit of a, a, a better feel for the question. Mm -hmm. What's what's changed? What have you learned over the last 10 years? What would you, if you could go back and talk to you 10 years ago before you got started, knowing everything that's going to happen or everything that's mm -hmm. happened since 2013, what would you tell yourself? You know, don't care what other people say. If you've got, you know, it, me, it's trust my gut. You know, if I know this is right, stay the course. Uh, too often, I think that people are just trying to chase what everybody else is doing, but that may not be uh, authentic to, to you. So do what feels good for you. Uh, because you're not going to be good at something unless uh, unless you you're confident about what you're doing unless you love what you're doing. So yeah, I I don't want to have those should have could later on in my career, and I don't regret anything that I've done. Um, I have been very 
uh, steady and we've just, you know, my husband right now is my business partner and uh, it has been a slow but steady growth. Uh, all too often people try to chase what's out there and uh, yeah, your business can succeed very quickly, but then, you know, you don't have that foundation, that solid foundation or base, so, you know, you can quickly fall. Uh, back when, you know, before I started out in design, uh, having one revenue stream, and that's what my husband, my husband was a commodities trader before, one revenue stream, well, you know what, that went away very quickly once 2008 hit. So, so this time around, uh, you know, we really paid attention to building that brand strategically, aligning with the right partners, and um, making sure that, hey, if things go south in this department, well, we have this going on and this going on, and, you know, it's, you got to look at everything. It's multifaceted. It's multifaceted, and you've got a lot of moving parts. Yes to your business. That being said, knowing where you are now, juxtaposed to where you were 10 years ago, looking into the future, mm -hmm. what, do you want, what do you want your empire to be in 10 years from now? Uh, you know, gosh, 10 years from now, I still wanna continue what I'm doing because I love what I'm doing. Uh, you know, obviously I wanna be able to grow the business. Uh, some people ask me, oh, do you want to have a book? Do you want to have uh, a product line? That's not me. Um, I just want to be able to approach. I want to have great projects. I want to have clients who have that trust in me and our team that we can go in and um, they'll say, and, and this is, you know, this is happening now. We've got a mix of clients right now, but the clients who say, you know what, I trust you. I've seen your work. I've seen your attention to detail, you know, surprise me. Those projects are the ones that are like, wow. The other ones, um, you know, they're trickier. Uh, and those, the other projects we may not uh, photograph, but the ones where the, there's trust, they're the most successful. And I, I just want to do great design. I want to align myself with uh, great brand partners. We're start, uh, you know, we've been doing that for the last few years, and that all started out with blogging way back when I started ten years ago. Those relationships, people think, oh, well, how do you align with all these partners? And it's all overnight. It's not overnight. It's ten years of you know, constantly engaging and being at those trade shows and having that face-to-face -face interaction. So interesting. Be <laughs> because, you know, you're right, and as you're talking, I'm, I'm going through the journey with you. Ten years ago, every designer, what did they want? They wanted an HGTV show, mm -hmm. wanted a reality show, right? Mm -hmm. That's pretty much not a thing well, I don't want any of that. No, no. You, <laughs> but yeah, but other people do. They want that notoriety to me. I just want to do what I love doing and do it well. <laughs> well, I love that. And but here's and here's the thing. So what you were doing with a blog uh -huh. 10 years ago 
has been sort of has metamorphosized into something amazing. Like the practice has actually grown from that. Whereas mm-hmm. you'll look at some others who started their blogs in <clears throat> 2010, 2013, mm-hmm. and then they abandoned them in 2014, 2015. <laughs> and you go to their website and you can still see the last entry from uh-huh. 2016. Uh-huh. You know, but it's it's not a matter of having it. It's what you do with it, which is why. You know, 10 years ago, everybody wanted a, a, a reality design show, and everybody wanted a book, and everybody wanted a line, mm. and everybody wanted a cover, mm-hmm. you know, and everybody wanted to be an AD. And that was pretty much what everybody wanted, and there's nothing wrong with those things. But do they speak to what the business is today? I'm not so sure, which is why what you want to be in the future, mm-hmm. I feel like the business is changing dramatically, mm-hmm. which is, I don't like talking about the business of design anymore, because it's changing too fast to be able to predict it, but the work, the, the nature of the work, like what you do by delivering the, the experience, that never changes. That never changes, exactly. But however, it is changing because I'm seeing nowadays, you know, I present our, you know, our team presents our projects in 3D. So we always build up sketch, sketch up models so we can walk them through those projects. They have that tactile experience with all the finishes and the fabrics. But now adding another layer is possibly putting on, you know, the 3D glasses or 3D goggles and walking through physically. I haven't tried that yet, but I've been kind of studying up on that, and I want that to be the next thing. Okay, so I love this. So Oculus through Meta mm-hmm. didn't really didn't really go. Mm-hmm. So now Apple is going to be releasing theirs in the next. You know, you had Google Glass before that, and mm-hmm. then you had Oculus, and then mm-hmm. you know you've got Apple coming in with theirs. Apple might be the one to actually do this, and I'm just fascinated. Can you imagine you're sitting in a dark, you, you have a black empty room mm-hmm. and you put the goggles on and you take all of the 3D renderings and all of the work that you've done and you, you make a composite of what the space is going to look like. What does that look like in your mind? What does that experience look like to you? Uh, the experience of actually producing that. You're, and... you're leading somebody through the presentation of, of what their dream home mm-hmm. is going to look like. What does that look? What does that look like to you and as you envision that idea? Because as a creative mm-hmm. and as a hyper detailed creative like you mm-hmm. are, everything you do is completely buttoned up. I wish I could be as buttoned up as you are. I mean, it's, it's, seriously, it's amazing. <laughs> but what does that look like to you? What does that experience look like for the client? I mean, for the client, I can tell you one thing is that the, you know. An amazing experience, it'll sell that project that much faster. And I mean, I already see that when we produce 3D renderings or the 3D model where we can kind of analyze that room from every angle and, you know, zoom in really up close. Well, how, you know, this is how this detail looks. When they see that, they see that in 3D, now they're looking at it on a screen. But if they're actually walking through and I actually have not done that in uh putting on those goggles and that's what I'm I'm just dying to do it but I know myself walking through a space like that I want to touch everything (laughs) and not being able to touch it would be very frustrating but um and maybe that's what's next maybe that's what's next yeah I mean we make it experience an experience 
you know, on the screen with all the the materials. So even remote projects, we have projects, yeah, I told you we have projects in Hawaii. When we had uh, projects in the East Coast, we would send them a box of all those finishes and fabrics, and they would touch and feel that as they're viewing uh, the room on the screen. So... But walking through something is a totally other, you know, other experience. Um, yeah, and, then, you know, there's a lot of things, you know, in terms of technology, you know, kind of skipping around, but like with AI too, you know, you've got that, you know, people are talking about mid-journey. I've toyed with it, but it's not the same it's not the same. No, and this is, this is okay, so you and I are going to have to reconnect because <laughs> I want to talk to you about my experience with AI uh-huh. um, and some of the things that I've learned too because I think it's fascinating. And I'm, I want to I wanna have a deeper dive uh-huh. on this. I cannot wait. So for those listening who want to follow Jeannie and follow her journey, Jeannie's journey, um, <laughs> check, her, check the show notes. There will be a link to, to Jeannie's website and blog. You still do the blog. I still do the blog. Do you still like doing the blog? Not as often. But, you know, what I love about it is, you know, when I I travel a lot, lately especially, I've been traveling a lot, and uh, it enables me to, you know, I get sent to places, you know, a lot of these uh, trips are sponsored, and uh, it allows me to travel to really cover the trends, see what's going on. I, I learn a lot from my own business. I pick up new resources, and I can share that information with other people. So, um, yeah, that's that's what I love doing. And uh, it, you know, it's but the thing is, it's really hard to sit down and take everything that's in your head, all those pictures that are in your camera roll and put them, you know, into a blog post. That's what's great about social media because it's like many, many bursts of blog posts, you know, in stories and things like that. Now there are new, there are new apps coming up every day. Uh, threads if you tried that (laughs) you know and and it's hard because people say well hey I I have way you know way too much on my plate I can't add another app but I think it's worth it to try and see what's going on and and I think in doing that I I see ways in which I can better my business I wish I had the staff to do it for me. I mean, it's all me. Everything behind my social media, it's me. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. And, um, and it's amazing. And you've done a remarkable job. <laughs> really, really have. Jeannie, thank you. Thank yeah. You for I know. It's always fun chatting with you. I mean, I can go on forever with you. Seriously. <laughs> Design Hardware's newly remodeled showroom is where you will find a gallery-style space with a thoughtful display of products, purposefully positioned to allow unbridled exploration and discovery. High-end faucets, luxury tile, natural stone, wood floors, and bespoke hardware selections are presented in a holistic manner, strategically arranged to stimulate creativity and transition your vision from the conceptual stage to a fully realized space. Conveniently located, free parking available, stop by to find your inspiration, 
collect samples, get expert advice, and tackle everything on your shopping list all in one place. Visit them online at designhardware.com or in the real world, 6053 West 3rd Street in Los Angeles. Thank you, Jeannie. I always love our conversations. <laughs> I really do. Thank you, Stephanie, Kim, Lorena, and Jeannie for your time. I love this. Thank you to Michelle Solomons and everyone at Design Hardware for making this space available, for having these important conversations. Thank you to my partners and sponsors, Thermosol, Moya Living, and Design Hardware for your continued support of both the design community and those who love design. If you would like to know why I am so proud to be working with these partners and sponsors, email me, convobydesign at outlook.com, or on Instagram, message me, convobydesign with an X. I, I, would, I would be happy to share my experience with you. And also, don't forget to send me questions, show ideas, guest suggestions, because I love them, I look forward to them, as well as questions, because like I said uh, in a previous episode, uh, I think next year, 2024, I'm going to spend an episode just doing nothing but answering questions. That'll be fun. Thank you for taking the time. Thank you for listening. And um, thank you for sharing in the experience. I couldn't do this without you. I really wouldn't want to. Until next week, be well and take today first. Mm-hmm.